want to increasingly in my approach i think move away from saying a certain kind of diet works exceptionally well for dogs and i want to look at saying can a dog have variety and choices and can we work with the dog to identify what the dog prefers welcome to the heads up for tails podcast i'm rashi narang your host and also the founder at heads up for tails i know that the relationship you have with your pet is one of the most fulfilling kinds of love that you can experience and i also know that your pets deserve the best life that you can give them hi surbi welcome to the heads up for tails podcast i'm so excited to have you here hi rashi thank you so much for having me here i'm very excited to be here too i've seen your journey surbi of learning so much about dogs learning about nutrition and then you know moving on to becoming a fully qualified nutritionist and helping so many dogs overcome issues that you know they weren't able to tackle earlier on in their life and i'm so proud of the work that you're doing thank you so much so for our audience i think what i wanted to sh- discuss with you today were a couple of things uh, around nutrition of course the first one being what are the easily available common ingredients that all of us have in our kitchen that we can add to our dog's food every day awesome i love that question because i feel like there are there is everything and anything in your kitchen that you can actually add to their bowls so let's start with spices you could do turmeric you could do cumin powder which is jeera powder you could do black pepper you could do a little bit of cinnamon um you could do soft powder you could do a little bit of dhania powder as well um i think all of these spices in very little quantities um work really well especially if you're cooking food at home they add a lot of f- flavor and aroma um to the food turmeric again is you know an anti-inflammatory um substance and that works really well for dogs um who's struggling with hip and joint conditions or are just overall i think struggling with immunity um so that's a great addition as well um lots of oils so for example you can definitely use coconut oil olive oil um ghee is such an incredible addition to dog bowls especially when it's really cold or it's rainy um just you know about a teaspoon of of ghee can go really long way as well um lots of herbs like i already said coriander is one pudina is the other um and then of course you have um you know herbs like oregano basil rosemary um a little bit of peppermint um natural uh, naturally grown fennel as well is is again something that you can add um and a host of vegetables and fruits that um you could essentially offer your dog um seasonal vegetables right now like loki great addition to dog bowls again um you could also sort of play around with grains to add um so variations of brown rice red rice black rice quinoa oats um amaranth um all of these are different um ingredients that you will find in your kitchen that you can add in in ways and forms to your dog's bowl Awesome. Thank you so much. I actually didn't know about zira. Yeah. That's new to me. Yeah. And Surbi, can you also mention just I mean how much should of the of any of this? Of course, I understand fruits, vegetables, grains is different, but uh some of the ingredients that you mentioned before is it just a pinch or you know a teaspoon half a teaspoon how much should it be yeah so i think so mostly it varies from you know dog to dog and again size to size of dogs but i would i would not sort of exceed about 
a quarter to a half teaspoon of each of these spices and again there are some variations so for example cinnamon and black pepper um, you mostly always add just a little bit of pinch of it into the food but turmeric you can add a little bit more um, again jeera powder you know you can do go, go up to about half a teaspoon and, and nothing more um, but so usually it's in the ballpark of about a quarter to a half teaspoon um and and that's where i would sort of keep it okay i guess it also depends on the size of the dogs so absolutely yes. okay yeah leaving that decision to pet parents um i do believe that uh, the kitchen and all the spices in there and all the ingredients that we find in there can truly make some magic uh, can you share some home remedies with us on how to tackle common issues like bloating constipation uh, perhaps acidity or diarrhea Yeah, absolutely. So I think very similar to like how, you know, humans would sort of lean into home grown ingredients to sort of treat some of this. We can do the same for our dogs as well. Um so with acid reflux for example, you know, that's again very noticeable. You'll probably see your dog throwing up yellow bile um or, you know, grazing on leaves as a way to sort of uh, manage their acidity. Usually when they throw up bile, they might not be willing to sort of immediately eat food. Um so what's helpful at that point in time is to offer a little bit of curd or a little bit of paneer or even actually a little bit of ghee just to sort of settle down the acidity in their stomachs um in in most cases if they've had a little bit of each of this or or any of this actually um you will find that their their appetite sort of comes back up uh but i've also noticed that it differs from dog to dog right so some dogs may respond really well to ghee some dogs may respond well to yogurt some dogs may respond to paneer some dogs may not respond to anything and they'll take their own time for that acidity to settle uh but usually it's helpful to have at least some of these combinations to try and see what works for something like acid reflux um so that's on acidity with bloating it gets a little bit tricky because i think the first thing to sort of really be able to figure out is if your dog is bloated yeah. right yeah. and then usually that involves um a little bit of a um firm abdomen slightly enlarged you could see it looking a little bigger um you know they're uncomfortable moving around they're uncomfortable lying on their side um and with bloating i, I think what's important especially with certain breeds let's say like boxers or labradors who are slightly more prone to bloating i think if you see those indicators it's best to sort of very gently and steadily move them to the vet okay. um i would not recommend necessarily always treating bloating at home because you don't know the degree of it right yes. um i think that with bloating there's a lot more prevention work that we can do that again involves a lot of you know how you feed them the the height of the bowl uh whether you're feeding them before or after a walk um something else that could be helpful is sort of just making sure that the water content in the food is not too um high you know not move, not sort of adding more than half a cup of water in their food stuff like that but i think with bloating i would i would definitely look at medical intervention more than treating it with home remedies per se um so that's that's how i would look at that okay that makes sense um then the next one constipation uh so constipation is usually um it often happens as a result of like lack of fiber in the diet um and so i essentially have 
two remedies that work really well. Okay. So one is um, steamed and pureed pumpkin okay. in the food that works really well. It's a really good source of fiber um, and sort of just helps, you know, lubricate the tract really well and sort of allows for um, stools to pass easily. The other one, um, which again has worked really well, is a combination of um, psyllium husk or isabgul, what we know as. Um, so mixing a little bit of isabgul with some bone broth. Um, and sort of feeding that in limited quantities through the day. Okay. Um, that again is something that's really helpful. Um, but again, I think what's again important to keep in mind with constipation is if you're seeing that your dog is having constipation quite frequently, it's helpful to sort of again reach out to the vet, consult a nutritionist, yes. really sort of look at an evaluation of the diet. Um, but usually if it's just a one-off incident, just adding a little bit of fiber can, can go a really long way. And I think a learning with constipation then really is to make sure that there's enough fiber going into the food going forward. Right. Right, absolutely. I like that Aesop Cole idea. Yeah. I mean, we've used it for generations. Exactly. And yeah. why not for our Yeah, enemies? absolutely. Awesome. Surbi, I know that uh, there's a lot of confusion around how do you decide what to feed your dog? Which route should you take? Whom should you listen to? Uh, what's the vet saying? What's current research saying? What does your dog need? How should one decide? Yeah, so unfortunately there is there is no straightforward answer to that because again every dog will be different um, and will have a will have different preferences. Um, obviously in the market today you have um, a range of dry foods available and within that you have grain options and grain free and different protein types. You also have fresh foods which um, you know is definitely sort of exploding at this point in time. You have cooked fresh food and you have raw. Um, and so there are there are permutations and combinations that you can sort of um, offer to your dog. Um, I think a couple of things to just keep in mind is one is dogs really thrive on a diet that has lots and lots of variety. Um, and so I think as pet parents, you know, obviously keeping in mind your access to um, time, effort, money, convenience. Um, I think that's important, but I think keeping in mind the fact that dogs thrive on a diet with variety and so how can we incorporate different kinds of foods with different kinds of textures and different kinds of smells. Um, I think that that is something that um, could go a long way um, in sort of figuring out what's the best way to feed your dog. I think the other thing which I really sort of encourage pet parents to think about is really observing their own dogs and seeing what is it that their dogs are preferring, right? And and so for me, in my case, for example, when I had brought Luchi home, um, she refused to eat kibble, despite the fact that she was eating kibble in the shelter for so many months. Um, and so when I sort of started feeding her fresh food, she took to that, right? But for example, my, my other dog, Mutton, had a very different trajectory, right? So again, I think it's really important to work with the dog and see what is it that the dog is preferring um, and feeding a lot more of that and introducing variety. But I think that in today's day and age, when there are so many different options for our dogs, um, it doesn't hurt to include little bit of all kinds of foods and, and sort of really give them a very um, exciting palette um, to sort of engage with. I can't agree more. I think just keeping our dog's preferences at the center is just so very important and something that I believe we sometimes tend to overlook based on our convenience. So a gentle nudge to everyone listening to maybe try and observe what your dog really likes and thrives with. Um, I also hear a lot about 
dogs being allergic to chicken recently can you share a little bit more light on that yeah so interestingly like we've we've also seen that dogs are not just allergic to chicken but sometimes dogs also get allergic to um meats that are grazing right um and again i think so much of it has to do with the quality of food that is being consumed by let's say a chicken or 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 a goat for example right and and so um i think there's this very strong relationship and interdependence that if we're consuming meat then what the source of the meat has consumed is also sort of being ingested by us right um and so if for example with chickens if they're not kept in hygienic conditions if they're not fed high quality food then the quality of meat is not very good as well and so what we find is that a lot of dogs tend to sort of respond to that okay. um and and so um i think in situations like that you know we sort of run elimination diets to sort of arrive at um what could the source of of that particular intoler- intolerance look like because again intolerance or allergies towards food often resemble skin conditions okay. um and so it's helpful to do an elimination diet and then if you find that um you know chicken is something that is 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 something that's sort of causing any sort of inflammation you want to sort of remove that out completely and and find other proteins to feed right yeah i think just on that point um i do think that you know taking a little bit more time and and giving a, giving a little attention to what your dog may be preferring in their own diet how they reacting to things i remember with sara i found out that she was uh, gluten allergic because she was always biting at her paws and again it wasn't easy to arrive at that so yeah. many years ago i know that there's so many more tests now but you know 10 15 years ago there wasn't and i think again we had to follow that same process of elimination but it made such a big difference yeah. to her life to her For skin sure. to her coat just her overall sort of temperament as well you know imagine being allergic and eating something yeah. every yeah, day absolutely. so yeah absolutely and if i can just add to that i think what's really interesting is that you know when you're eating something that you're allergic to or you're intolerant to right it's causing so much inflammation in your body very naturally right because your body's fighting it and resisting it um and often some of that really shows up in just poor behavior yes around food right. uh and what to me has become really interesting is that often for example you may have a dog who's showing signs of aggression around food that gets diagnosed for a behavior problem but we forget diet from the picture right. and so we're sort of fixing what we can see but we're not really fixing the root cause of the issue altogether right right so no that's so interesting so be a lot of homes in india are strictly vegetarian do you think dogs can thrive on vegetarian food so i wish the answer was yes and no clearly but it's not um i think it's important so Okay so I'm going to try and, and and say this in the best way possible. Um I don't think being prescriptive about any kind of diet necessarily works because when we are prescriptive we sort of um sometimes take away what works um for the dog really well, right? Um and so what that means essentially is that if I had to look at a dog's diet 
I'm looking at the diet very holistically in a very wholesome manner. I'm not looking at specific foods, right? Okay. Um, and, and so what that means is when I'm looking at a diet, I'm looking at is, is the diet providing all the necessary nutrition benefits that, that foods offer? So is it the right amount of protein? Is it the right amount of vitamins, minerals, fats, um, and all of that, right? Um, and, and across all of the foods, there are some things that you get really well from animal protein. There are some things that you get really well from vegetables and fruits. Um, right. and, and so I think it's really important for a dog to have a very comprehensive diet that's filled with a lot of variety um, to be able to get the best of all worlds, right? Um, I know of dogs that have been strictly on vegetarian food and who have continued to do extremely well. Um, while yes, some of this could be attributed to genetics, um, a lot of it also has to do with just the fact that they may have chosen, let's say, to be fed fresh food, right? Um, and there's there's advantages of feeding fresh food and, and we all know of that. Um, there are some dogs who, for example, need very specific animal protein at specific points and times in their lives, right? Um, for example, if they're struggling with any sort of a health condition, it's helpful to add some variety of animal protein there. Right. Um, right. And then there are dogs who, for example, thrive absolutely well on non-vegetarian diets completely right um, so there are all of these different models that emerge um, and and so I think that I want to increasingly in my approach I think move away from saying a certain kind of diet works exceptionally well for dogs and I want to look at saying can a dog have variety and choices and can we work with the dog to identify what the dog prefers, right? Um, in today's day and age, however, there are lots of different ways, for example, um, for pet parents to also include, including vegetarian pet parents, to include some amount of non-vegetarian in their food, okay. right? Um, and, and so whether that's through treats, for example, that they buy, or whether it's through fresh food that they bring in, whatever that may be. Um, so again, I, I don't think the question, I don't think it's a straightforward answer. I know, I know. It's yeah. tricky. Yeah. But at least it's an attempt to yeah. um, to answer it because I know it's on a lot of people's minds. And you know what I also commonly see is um, pet parents just putting a meal for their dog. Hmm. And uh, if the dog doesn't eat it, it either lies there for a long time hmm. or it's just taken away. And then the same meal is, you know, or hmm, the same, hmm. same, well, whether it's the same meal or the same recipe is just put right back. I do believe that uh, we need to slow down a little bit and also understand what our dog's preferences are because they obviously know what they need for their body and give them just some more choices around food. How do you think we can all do that in simple ways? Yeah, I love that. Um, and, I, and I think it's important to understand like, who dogs are as beings as well, right? And, and and I know that you talk so much about that, which is to really understand dogs for them as species in their own right. And I think that something that, you know, really comes to mind and I think is important is to remember that dogs are neophiles. They love new things. They love variety, right? And food is such an important resource to them. 
um, that if we can add and include variety in different ways, it goes such a long way, right? And Absolutely. and that variety could include like, you know, I could be feeding them, let's say chicken and vegetables and I decide I want to add ghee today instead of coconut oil, right? right? And yeah. you'll see their eyes lit up and, you know, uh, them completely drooling or it could be a change in vegetables. It could be a change in routine, right? Like I don't always have to feed my dog um, a prescribed meal. I could stray away from that and say, listen, today I'm just going to feed my dog fruits through the day. And that's okay. Um, Or, you know, so I think, I think, again, if we go back to like looking at what's available in our kitchen, there is so much. And if we can sort of just experiment a little bit with all of those things, as long as they're safe for our dogs to eat, we can include a lot of variety, right? Even for dogs who are on kibble, for example, adding just a little bit of fresh food into that bowl as well, or adding some broth or adding some curd or, um, you know, just adding pureed pumpkin, for example, um, just adds some newness um, to the food and, and makes it something that they can look forward to and are excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, food uh, stimulates so many of our senses. Yeah, for sure. And all of us look forward to good food, uh, food that suits our body. And this is just a gentle reminder to anyone who may be listening to pause a little bit and think about what is uh, your dog eating and how could you make it better in simple and small ways that Surbi just shared. Surbi, since we're in the middle of monsoon, uh, should the season affect the diet that you're feeding, that we are feeding our dogs? Um, yeah, so I think that for a lot of dogs, especially in, in cities where, you know, we're seeing very heavy uh, rainfall, um, you will find that they'll want to sort of snuggle up a little bit more. They're going to feel a little colder than the scorching summer days that they have recently experienced. Um, and so I think it's helpful to sort of think about warming foods a lot more at this point in time. I think ensuring that they're getting the right amount of fat in their body just to sort of keep them warm as well is something that's really helpful. Um, I think in, in, in the in the heat, if we were sort of decreasing food quantities, we may want to sort of see whether our dog's appetite has gone up, not low, however that be, um, and sort of make adjustments. Um, I think the big one really is if you're a non-vegetarian household, can you sort of think about introducing a little bit of chicken? Can you think about introducing a little bit of mutton? Because again, those are warming foods. Okay. Um, if you're a vegetarian household, can you then just make sure that the food is really filling, um, you know, again, warm in temperature, um, Um, I think those are some of the key things, but I would actually say more than diet to me, I think how we sort of manage our dog's lifestyle during the monsoons is something that needs a lot more um, attention. Um, I think it's helpful to sort of at this point in time also add foods that are immunity boosting. So for example, it's helpful to add, let's say, unfiltered apple cider vinegar in their foods. Um, That works really well as a tick and flea prevention. Um, You know, so again, if our dogs are going to be out, um, even you can can sort of spray that topically for them. um, And and that, so again, I think I would look at certain kinds of immunity boosting foods um, that you can then add as supplements. Awesome. I'm going to get started with the apple cider immediately. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so the last question, what are Luchi and Mutton's favorites oh. by, by their mama? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so I have to say on the outset that they are both absolute hoggers. They love everything and anything. Um, but I would... Okay, so I think, I think Mutton's more of a fruity 
savory type of dog okay um so she really likes um all all sorts of fruits um and she really likes foods that are slightly salty and crunchy okay um so you know some dehydrated treats for her are a definite um during this time luchi on the other hand has really weird tastes like she loves sauerkraut she loves What? fermented vegetables <laughs> really she loves them um and so that's something that and that's something that she definitely enjoys but again i think both my dogs again eat a lot of variety um and so i think that keeps things exciting and fresh yes. for them uh so yeah i think anything and everything they just have specific preferences Awesome. Thank you so much Sarbhi for sharing all of that and so much more. This session has been extremely useful. I know that I am leaving with a couple of tips uh to make my dog's nutrition and diet better immediately and I hope the same for our listeners. Uh thank you for your time, your expertise, your insights and for sharing all of this with us. 